Are you happy today? Yeah, we're happy. <laughs> We've been talking about happiness. And we are wired to be happy. And every day you do things that make you happy. And, and your brain, there's a neuroscience involved with happiness. I've been reading about this. And, and it, this is the science of happiness. Is There are certain things that when you do them, it creates this chemical dopamine or, or you know, other chemicals in the body that bring you know, feelings of happiness or satisfaction or pleasure or whatever the case may be. And, and we all have them. When I wake up in the morning and, and I make my coffee and I drink that coffee, that, that's like, ooh, dopamine. I'm like drugging myself and, hey, you know, I, I feel good in that moment. After I eat lunch or supper, I just crave something sweet. And so I go find some chocolate in the house, you know, if there's any, or steal some from one of my kids or whatever. But I have to find some chocolate because... I need that fix. It's like, yeah, you know, and, that, and, and we all live that way. Some of you go work out and you get that mm, rush that comes with exercise. And, and, you know, if that works for you, great, you know, good for you. you know, I'm glad you're happy. And others of you are happy not to exercise, right? Or, or you watch your favorite show or whatever the case may be. Now, sometimes these dopamine pathways can become addictive, addictive and even dangerous. You know, when you buy scratching with tickets. You, you know, you buy 10 and one of them, you know, you win five bucks. So you're like, yeah, I won. And so you, you go buy some more, right? Because like, maybe I'll win again, right? Just, you win just enough to keep buying more, but you never win enough to, to compensate for what you bought, right? And that's the reality. It's like if you go to a casino and they're playing the slot machines, right? And, uh, and, and you hear someone hitting the jack, you know? And those d machines are designed to have this acoustic effect of... You know, the whole casino, here's the, the coins coming down. And you're all like, everyone gets this dopamine rush. Like, oh, that could be me next. And you and, and so this is how it works. We, we feed that neural pathway, but it can become dangerous. And science only takes us so far. And we try all these external realities to try to fill our, our happiness bank. And we're never quite full enough. And then Jesus comes along and says, well, actually, there, there's, a, there's a heart of happiness. There's a heart issue that, that actually really satisfies the soul and, and, and brings, brings lasting happiness and blessing. And that's what Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount, as he begins his sermon at the beginning of his ministry in Matthew's gospel, first century document, and Matthew's like, let me tell you what Jesus preached on. And this was his first recorded sermon. And he's like, he wants you to be happy, but he's like, now the, all that external happiness, let's talk about internal and today he gets to the real heart of the matter, Matthew 5, 8. But we're going to walk into that as we just look at, at, at how this whole sermon begins in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. I'm telling the New Life people, it would be good for you to memorize the Beatitudes. We've only done one little verse every week. You should be able to do that. So write it down, put it on a cue card, put it on your phone, put it somewhere on your bathroom mirror, put it somewhere where you're going to see it, you know, and just remind yourself this is a good thing to memorize, to meditate on, and think about it, and we're going one by one. Why? Because if I preached the whole group at once, you would forget it. But by stopping and, and mulling it over and, you know, chewing it up, we're, we're, we're forced to address, like, am I actually on this highway to happen? And behind this whole highway is this horse pump. There's this, there's this hard issue here, the behind-the-scenes source of happiness, and that comes out in Matthew uh, 5, verse 8. But first of all, let's, let's look at verse 1. To eight, and just so you get a sense of, of the sermon. When he saw the crowds as Jesus, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them by saying, 
He's, he's speaking to his disciples. He's been doing miracles. He's, the ministry started. Now he's bringing his disciples. Okay, guys, here it is. And he says, happy or blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. When you are at the end of your rope, when you realize you got nothing to offer God, that is the beginning, the starting point of happiness. I got, I'm bringing nothing to this reality. God is giving me everything. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. A lot of people are self-made people. They've done everything. They've built up their lives. But that truly happy people, according to Jesus, are those that says, you know what? I don't have what, what I need, and only God can give me what I need. So that's what it means to be poor, to be truly happy. He says, blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. These are the ones who understand that part of living in this world is it, this world's messed up. It's broken. My life is broken. But when I mourn over my sin and over the sin in the world, then I discover God's comfort, and then God uses me to comfort others. It's a, it's a weird blessing, but that's, that's part of finding the happy life, is realizing that, yeah, you know what? God has brought healing to my brokenness, and I can bring healing to other people's brokenness as well. He says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Those who are teachable, who are gentle, who don't need to be in control or, or get the last word or always be right, blessed are those people, because they live in this world and, and it's like no one owns them. They, don't, you know, they belong to God, and, and they have this freedom that other people don't have, the meek. And with that freedom comes incredible. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. So you've, you're poor in spirit, you mourn, you're meek, and now you're filling your life with God's will and God's way. You're, you're reading his word, and you're, you're walking in his path, and you're like, wow, I'm discovering a satisfaction in my life. I'm you know, other forms of happiness never truly satisfy. You have a, a momentary blip, like, yeah, I went shopping, I spent, you know, thousands of dollars on my credit card, and, and I felt good in the moment, then I got home and I didn't feel good. I need to go shopping again, or, or I went drinking and, and I felt good in that moment, but then I didn't feel good later, but then I need to go drink again, or, or whatever the addiction is, and, and that, that feeling, of, you're trying to feel from the outside, but when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you actually... Sometimes we're like a teenager trying to fill our life with things to make us happy, and we're never truly filled. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. He said, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. These are the people that, that, that have received God's forgiveness and now are, are living this merciful life with others in relationship and in forgiveness. We talked about that last week, forgiveness, extending forgiveness. As we've received, so we give. And, and those that could just live in that freedom of of saying, yeah, I'm receiving from God, and now I'm, rece- I'm extending it to others. Even when you don't want to, you don't feel like it, you say, this is what God wants me to do, and in doing so, actually, I'm happier when I release it. We talked about that. You should watch it if, if you're not sure, because some of you, like me, have struggled with forgiveness and struggling with letting go, and sometimes you never actually get to, to, to talk to the person. They never actually own up to their issues with you, but you say, I choose not to carry that any longer. I forgive the person, and I let God hold that account with them. I'm not going to, and they're not going to hold me hostage to their, whatever they did to me any, anymore, you know, their abuse or the, whatever it was, right? So that's, you know, the merciful, you receive mercy. Then he says in verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, they will go. Now Jesus is getting to the real core. And we're going to break this down, we'll talk about what, what does he mean by purity, what does he mean by heart, and what does he mean by, by seeing God? First of all, you know, the idea of purity, we, we get, we, we, we see this all around us, right? You know, you, you know, if you're a farmer, you have to, you know, go through the wheat and you want it to be as pure as possible. Or if you're in the oil field, right? You know, certain, you know, oil products need, need to be pure, you know, or a certain level of purity in order to market it. 
and, and we get it. it it's, uh, you know, when it, in the gold, if you, if you buy gold, you want to get the purest gold you can or purest, you know, diamond or whatever the case may be. There's a physical aspect of purity. Why you wash your hands before supper, right? Because you want to be clean when you come to the table. It's why you shower every day or should shower. It's why you change your socks and your undergarments. Why? Because that's part of external purity that we all practice, hopefully, right? That's, that's a reality here. That, that's, that should be the way we, we live, right? So we, we understand purity, right? If, you, if, you're, if you're into, you know, uh, raising animals, there's a certain amount of, you know, purity when it comes to purebred, right? We want a certain lineage, genealogical lineage to to, to, to determine that, yes, this animal is purebred. So, so we understand it from an external reality. Um, in the Bible, it talks about spiritual purity. Job, in, in the Old Testament, this righteous man. No one can find anything wrong with Job, and even the, even the devil. Hey, I mean, you know, what about Job? Job's, you know, he's not real. He's not the real deal. If you, you put some heat on his life, he would, he would turn out to be like every other sinful person, and God's like, I don't think so. Go for it. And so... Satan tests Job and brings lots of affliction to his life, and, and he stays pure and he's devoted to God. And that's the whole book of Job is this man's journey through suffering. And he's like, I didn't do anything wrong. I don't know why this is happening, but God is still God, and here I am, and I, I can't make sense of it, but I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to give up on him. His wife's like, just curse God and die already. He's like, no, I can't do that. That's pure, pure, pure. Purity can also be like a single mind. Simple. You know, you guys that are watching the football, you, you can't cheer for both teams. You got you to pick, right? Are you, are you cheering for these guys or are you cheering for these guys? Right? It's, a, it's a single-mindedness. You know, you, you live in Lloydminster, we have to choose. Am I going to cheer for the Hulks or am I going to cheer for the Rough Riders or am I going to cheer for the Stan? You know, you got you to choose, right? It's, it's a single-mindedness, a decision. All of you are purists on some level or not. Some of you are nutritional here. Right? You, you only eat certain things, right? You, you eat whole foods, you eat gluten-free you eat organic food, you know, naturally sourced foods. You, 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 you are nutritional purists. Some of you are, you know, coffee purists, like, like our family. We, we have a certain way to make coffee, and it, that's how we've done it for decades in my home. And that's, we, we don't make coffee other ways. We have one way of making coffee. We're, we're purists about that kind of stuff. Some of you are exercise purists. You're like, yeah, you know, two exercises cross. Two exercises, free weights, or, or two exercises, aerobics, or, or yoga, or hot yoga, or whatever. You've got to exercise this way. That's the only way to exercise. You're, you're a purist about that, or maybe you're a sports purist. Like, you know, you got to, you know, just, you know, focus on this sport and, and just do that. Some of you are fashion purists. You only have certain labels in your, in your closet or, you know, certain types of shoes that you wear. You, you're devoted and you're, you're purist when it comes to Others of you are, are social media purists. You know, I, you have specific items that you use, and maybe others of you are like, oh, I don't use social media, so I'm a purist because I'm not corrupted by that horrible, awful, you know, thing that, you know, they call social media, whatever the case may be. Some of you are, are, are purists when it comes to what type of devices you use, you know, fruity devices, and others use, you know, non-fruity devices. And I'm, I'm not going to name it in the sermon because, you know, I don't want to give them any credibility, but <laughs> you know what it is. Some of you are purists about that kind of thing. Some of you only drive certain type of vehicles, certain names, certain men. Some of you farmers only have certain color equipment, you know, in your, in your shed. We only drive green. We only drive red. We only drive yellow. You, you get this. You're purists. All of us are purists on some level or another, but that's external in a lot. Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart. This 
you know, absence, absence of impurity and single-mindedness and focus of the heart. And the reality is, is, is we, we don't understand what it means to talk about heart because there's so many other ideas competing with the biblical idea of heart. Um, right now, Valentine's, right next week. Guys, make a note. This week is Valentine's, right? Don't forget about that, right? So it's, it's the heart month. It's, it's about feelings. It's about mushigush, love songs, you know, expensive flowers and overpriced meals. Like this is Valentine's, right? Like you guys get this, right? And so, so we think about the heart as, as an emotion, but that was an aspect of the heart. But the Bible talks about the heart, you know, as, as the whole inner core of a person. Never does the Bible refer to the heart as the organ that pumps blood throughout the body. The heart is this like organizing core of, of who you are. And it includes your thoughts. It includes your emotions. It includes um, the, this moral conscience. It also in- includes your will, your, your volitional choices that you make in life. This is the heart. When the Bible talks about the heart, it's not about feelings. You know, it's not like follow your heart. He's like, this is, is the command center of your life. This is where everything kind of flows through in and out. He says, blessed for the pure in heart. The Bible would say in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. He's like, you know what? Life flows out of here. So Jesus here is reflecting this. He's like, blessed are the pure in heart. There's this command center. If you clean that up, boy, you are enabled to have this relationship with God that you never dreamed of. But in order to do that, you have to walk in this purity heart. The reality is that the Bible talks about human heart as this wicked. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? In Genesis 6, God's looking at the world like at the beginning, in Genesis chapter 3, there, there's Adam and Eve in the garden, and God's like, enjoy everything. But don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eat from all these other trees. Life is, is, has an expansive opportunity. I'm just asking you to trust me. Don't. And Eve and Adam allow their heart to become tempted and ultimately to, to fall into temptation and to do what was prohibited, to not trust God's word, to, to, you know, to, to, to trust themselves and follow their own heart. And as a result, they sin, and sin entered the world, and now the, the human heart is this corrupt reality. In Genesis 6, just a few chapters later, the generations have, have gone on, and God comes down, and it says in Genesis 6, 5, the Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thought of his heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So God has a heart, too, in the sense of, of you know, the relationship was broken that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was evil all the time. And as Jesus comes down and says, I want you guys to experience happiness, and that comes from relationship with me, and it comes from following me and, and discovering me, and, and a pure in heart can, can walk with me, can enjoy a relationship with me. But if you have a heart that's impure, you will be clouding your ability to, to experience a relationship with God at its best, highest, happiness. Tim Keller says, we always, in the end, do what the heart wants most. So happy with the pure heart. Now, we understand pure, right? I, I was going through my house here, and, and I found out. Uh, like, here's one article. This is castor oil. 100% pure. 
uh, you know, so, so we have some items that are pure. Um, I looked at the vanilla, it's like, you know, 30% vanilla. Maybe, you know, if you spend a lot of money, 70%, hard to find 100% vanilla. There's certain soaps that are like 99 and 95, 100s pure. That means there's no extra additives, there's no perfumes, there's no, you know, little, you know, stuff put in there. And so it's, so it's pure. And of course, we always think about water when we think about purity. Filtering our water and, and drinking. And we think, okay, that, you know, when we drink our water, we want it to be pure. Uh, in my research, this, uh, you know, Whole Foods, which apparently is like this healthy place to buy groceries, they were selling this bottle of actually had arsenic in it. And they tested it, and they're like, man, this, this stuff has actually got impurities in it. And they're selling it in this, you know, Whole Foods. So be careful. Just because something has a label, you know, you should check it out, right? So, so you're looking at this, and you're like, oh, there's some pure water. But you don't know if this is actually water. This could be hydrogen peroxide. It could be isopropyl alcohol. It could be bleach. You, you don't, it's, it's clear liquid. It is water. I took another tap here, but, you know, I, I could pour some other colorless, tasteless, clear liquid into there, and, and it would make it imp- But it's still... And religion is all about outside looking pure, looking good, being clean, you know, following these rules, doing certain things. So that was religious, you know, religious purity. It was just following the outward ways of religion. Some of you grew up in that. Some of you maybe even still feel inclined to be like that. Well, if you're a Christian, you should do this, do that, not do this, not do that, you know. And when I was a kid, it's like, yeah, people didn't have long hair if you were a Christian. And you didn't, you know, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. You didn't wear miniskirts. You didn't, you know, there was all sorts of little rules that kind of came along with outward purity. And Jesus here is saying, I'm talking about relational. I mean, it, it may look clear to you from the outside, but but I'm actually looking at, at, at running that through, through the filter of, of my, my word, of my character, of my Holy Spirit, and seeing what's really in there. And when we clean that up, there is a capacity to have great, clear spiritual vision. There's a couple I met just a couple months ago. They, they live north in a different region, just north of us. Their well has arsenic. So they get water hauled into their house every three, four weeks, because, because they just aren't going to use the local water. There's a filter, but they're you're like, no, it's just easier, it's safer, because, because it just, if, if you drink it over time, what will happen, you'll start getting some, you know, kind of lesions on your body, and potentially cancer, you might start hacking, and having diarrhea, and other things that will happen, and, and while it looks clear, you're actually poisoning yourself. Jesus is like, I want you to clean your heart so that you can experience the spiritual life with me on its highest and best love. Jesus will talk about in Matthew 5 verse 19 he talks about, you know, how maybe you don't commit adultery, but if you've lost, well you, you have, you know, you've, you've done it in your heart, you've already committed that. He says, I say to you whoever looks at a woman to desire her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so the Sermon on the Mount says, the Ten Commandments laid it up here, right? External purity. But I'm going to say, let's look through that clear liquid and see really what's going on in there. If you, if you, you maybe not murdered anyone, but you hate someone, you you know, there's poison in the water. If you're, if you're, you're not committing adultery, but you're lusting, yeah, there's poison in the water. He'll talk about 
in Matthew chapter 6 about um, this idea of where your treasure is, there will your heart be also in the, in the area of greed. If you're always thinking about money, 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 and that can be rich people or poor people, it can be cheap people or extravagant people, money, 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 money. What's in your heart? Money, money. And it may look clear, but God sees. And he says, boy, no, you're missing out on a relationship with me at its highest level because you've got some reason. Blessed, pure in heart, for they will see God. This ability to experience life best. Love. Jesus will talk about also in Matthew 15, 18 and 19, where he'll say, He says, but the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these things defile a person. For out of the heart come evil ideas, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are the things that defile a person. It's not eating with unclean, washed hands that defile a person. So again, religious people are all about looking good on the outside. But happy people are on the highway to People that are experiencing the bless, blessing of a relationship with God are doing the inner work, saying, you know what, it's not about looking, it's about making sure that my heart is Because when my heart is clean, guess what? Guess what comes out of my mouth? Better stuff. You know, you've got a, 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 a set of language that you use here, but then it's a different set of language out there. That's a heart issue. Because if, if, you know, if God owns your heart and he's got the control center of your life, then, then, you know, you shouldn't be speaking profanity with the guys in the workforce and then kind of coming, coming up and cleaning up on Sundays or cleaning up at home. I mean, it should be consistent, right? God wants consistency. He wants clean, pure life. I couldn't go any further without addressing the most obvious, you know, issue that maybe corrupt people are today. And that's, of course, the matter for now. Blessed are the pure in heart for the be God. Things that we do to our hearts that, that would, you know, cloud them up, we have to address. And one of those areas is the area of pornography. And it's interesting because years ago, it was always a moral conversation. Now, uh, secular people are talking about pornography. Atheists are talking about pornography. Neuroscientists are talking about pornography. And the harmful, damaging effects it causes to the, to the physical brain, even, the people that are habitually engaging in pornography. And you think that you get happiness, but you don't. The more you do it, the worse it gets. And I would be remiss to think that it's not happening with men in our church. It is. Even women are. And I'm inviting you to examine that part of your life and say, do I want to have the premium experience of relationship with God? And am I willing to remove anything that is impure in that, that's feeding my soul, that's causing my vision, spiritual vision? And one of those obvious areas is this area where the world says it's okay parts of the world but now a growing part of the world is saying this is actually harming you you're wrecking your dopamine neural pathways if you do this your brain is getting messed up but you can fix it and God says this is not my best for you and what's happening people are discovering this it's like a lie of state it promises pleasure, but actually it takes pleasure away from you. 
and you know people are finding that yeah actually it's, it's a, it affects your, your your sexual perception and your even sexual performance right this is it's, it's a the horrible reality and and this is one area where i think practically we can apply this and say what am i putting into my heart into my life that would cloud my perception and pornography is one of the huge that affects a lot of men and now growing number of women in our world and 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 while the world says, oh, this doesn't do anything, it's okay, the, the, the science says no, and the Bible says no. And, and you can apply this to almost any addictive behavior, anything that, that, you know, that, that's good, that's been taken to extreme or been perverted, it corrupts us. And so what happens is that the people that aren't pure in heart find themselves doing things, thinking things that aren't pure. Um, you know, having emotions that aren't pure. You know, having a moral conscience that's skewed and you're not able to choose right and wrong, making bad decisions. And you're like, what happens? Because my spiritual perception has been clouded. You don't make good decisions when you're watching porn every day. Or if you're stuck on social media sites all the time. Or if you're gaming in your basement all the time. Not good decisions. That, that's, that's not feeding your soul. That's not cleaning up your heart. And you're missing out on God. You're missing out on the people around you. And that's what the enemy wants. You to be isolated. Uh, shamed, guilty, stuck in an addictive behavior or pattern, and he's inviting you to something better, the true happiness, the healthy perspectives on sexuality, on relationships, on social media, all these matters. The truth of the matter is these things thrive in secret. Shame of and you're just stuck there. I don't know how to get out. You're, 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 you're trapped. And, and Jesus comes along and says, I want to free you. So for us here at New Life, the, the, you know, we're not going to shame you with this is your issue. We're going to help you. You need to find someone to come alongside and, and set up some accountability. You need to remove the sources of temptation and, and a weakness in your life. Um, you know, if it's alcohol, you need to take it out and throw it out of your house. You know, if it's porn, you need to put some filters in place and you know, limit the places where you're, where you're going online. There, there are great programs like um, Covered in Eyes where you can have a partner and, 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 you know, an accountability person of the same gender, not your wife, not your husband, but someone else that knows Jesus, loves Jesus, loves you, and can help you with this. Because there's an opportunity to know God at a, at a better level. There's a, there's a chance to to drink of the purest water. But when we feed our souls with things that, that aren't, creates this, this cloudiness in our life. We, um, we had an issue in our grass. Something died. <laughs> it started with this, this small odor. And I just ignored it. Because, well, it'll go, right? <laughs> and then it got worse. And it got worse. It got so bad you'd open and close. The, it's an attached garage. You'd open and close the garage door to come into our house, and you could just this waft of smell would come in. We're like, oh, you know. Finally, we had to like like just go and look and look and look and look and look. And I had this little pit kind of under the center, you know, parking stall where I'd cleaned out the gooey water this summer, and I guess it needed some water or something died in the pipe, and I, I we poured some water in there, and finally the smell went away. But some of us are, are like me. We just we we can smell it. Everyone else can smell it, but we're just pretending it doesn't exist, that it's bothering us, it's bothering everyone around us, and, and, and we're missing the, the ability to, you know, enjoy the garage. We don't even want to go there anymore. It's like, oh, you know, and if you're, you know, getting something out of the fridge in the garage, then it kind of smells like that 
thing, whatever it was, you know, and, and this is her life. We can hoard rotting rats in our garage or we can kill. We can clean it up. We can filter it out. And as those impurities come out, then, then we're, now we're drinking up the good stuff, the healthy stuff. Without impurities, without arsenic, without anything that's going to cause us grief. And so Jesus invites you and me to, 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 to experience this pure in heart and to have this vision of God where, where we see him and experience and, and, and know him at, at the highest level possible. You know, one more story. This last summer we were in Ireland doing a mission camp thing. And the, the one day the, half the camp went out to this lagoon where they were kayaking paddleboarding, you know, jumping around this inflatable thing in the water. It was this dammed up lagoon of a salty water and it was shallow. They had kind of, you know, flooded this area. And so there they were paddleboarding and kayaking and it was fun for about 20 minutes. And then the kids were like, yeah, this is not fun anymore. So they, they started to push each other off, you know, and, you know, they're, they're engaging in, you know, horseplay, which is what teenagers do. And they're having a great time. But, but on the bottom of this, of this, you know, like three foot to five foot water was all these pokey sticks and you know they hadn't cleaned up the, the ground when they flooded it so so they said you know wear shoes but of course we came from Canada we didn't pack water shoes so my kids are walking bare feet and lo and behold they get out of the water and and the, like two of them like their feet were just bloody and flapped in and it was just gross right so the first night one of them went and then first day and then you know we we, we took him to the nurse and he cleaned it up and packaged it and bandaged it up and the next day, the younger group went, and, and another one of my kids got cut on his feet, and, and, and we didn't bandage it, because I didn't know it wasn't as bad as the first one, and so we just left it alone and kind of washed it off, showered. But, but then as the camp ended, and as the next two days, we were getting ready to kind of transition to the next part of our time away, and, and his foot began to get red, and the redness began to move up his leg, and we're like, this is not good. This this. His, his, the blood is not pure anymore in that spot on his body, and it's beginning to affect the rest of his body. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to the doctor or the hospital in a foreign country and do all that. And, you know, we're trying that. Now we're treating it. Now we're soaking it in salt water. Now we're trying to purify this situation because we don't want to have to deal with, you know, hospitals, medicine, blah, blah, blah. But, but, it was, but you know, if we ignored it, that thing would keep going up. We probably would have to cut the leg off. And who knows what else? It could have poisoned his heart. But this is what happens, right? When we allow sin do exist in our life we don't pornography is like it just creeps in slow creeps in and begins out of you any addictive and then it begins to affect people and of course you're stuck in spiritual block and that's not a happy Jesus invites us to, to experience life differently. Whether, you know, and all of us have things we turn to to try to bring us happiness. And sometimes we use them as coping mechanisms. It could be watching sports. It could be, you know, working on, on cars. And, and these aren't bad things, but when they become ultimate things, they rob our hearts of the happiness and the joy that Jesus intends for it to be in there. Your family can be a, a source of like, like I, I, everything is family, everything is family. And God's like, yeah, I love your family, but I'm first and then your family, right? Like there's a priority here. Pure in heart says you put me first and then, then everything else lines up and falls into place. 
And so God invites us today to, to be pure, to clean their own. You know, I have this filter in my house that cleans out the, the iron and other stuff, and then it goes into this reverse osmosis process, and it takes out everything else, and then I have this tiny little tap, and that's what we drink in my house. Because we know it's clean. And that, in turn, feeds our body and helps us to be healthy. God says, the pure in heart have this relationship with me where I come in and I filter their life, filter their, their thoughts, filter their emotions. I filter their volitional choices. I filter their moral conscience. As they spend time in my word, it begins to, to provide this filter. Where I'm pounding this with you. Do you read the Bible every day? Because that helps you to find out and to discover what it means to be. As you learn what God's will is, word is, his character is, as you see what he describes for you and invites you to, it helps you to, to have a clearer vision your own self and of God, and in turn, it draws you closer. And the people that are the happy are the people that know the call. And that's what we hear about new, moving up and out a new life in Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, hey, I want you to have this happy life. And it comes when you are pure, you know, able to see God, love what you didn't see. I'm going to invite the team up. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'm inviting you believe to, to put your, your faith you died on the cross and rose again so you can have eternal life and a happy life here and now and forever it's this relationship and then others of us uh, you know maybe the reality is that as you've heard about pure in heart you realize you've allowed some some things to slip into the water some not good thing you're digesting things that, that aren't helpful to your spiritual life and the Holy Spirit today maybe is convicting you. Bring, you. bring this through your attention. Hey, there's arsenic in your water. Change the source of your drinking water. Return to Jesus Christ. Come back to me and, and find the, the water that will last forever and, and will, will sustain your, your physical and your spirit. Jesus invites you to experience life best love. And that comes to those here. He will you pray with me. Lord, we thank you for purifying us through your Holy Spirit. That we are declared righteous and we are given a new heart when we believe. We pray that you would clean our help us to live pure from the inside. And where we have placed things or put things in front of us or sought out things that aren't helping or clouding our spiritual vision, we repent of them. We, we ask your forgiveness and we pray that you would help us to, to put our foot and our steps in the right direction. That we could experience a relationship with you the way you, you had designed it. Hyatt, happy. Lord, I pray for those today that are any addicted being. Today they could turn to you and find the help they you and then they could turn to someone else in this church to find support and encouragement as they seek to live a life that's here, clean and devoted to you. Thank you for what you Amen. Just stand with the team.